Welcome to Global One Media's Stocks to Watch. I'm Michael Swidell. I'm speaking today with two gentlemen who run a very interesting Web3 company called Tokens.com. Andrew Kegel is the company's co-founder and CEO. Josh Doner is the company's chief NFT officer. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michael, for having us. How's it going? Fantastic. Really excited to chat with you about what you all are doing. So as I understand it, Tokens.com focuses on connecting companies with a new generation of consumers in immersive environments. And I'd like to dive into it, a look at how companies are doing it. For example, brands like Walmart and Ralph Lauren. Could you tell us how are they using Web3 to enhance the customer experience? Yeah, I can kind of jump in here. So two yeah, prime it, examples is uh, one Ralph Lauren in Fortnite and then Walmart and Roblox. And I'll take Ralph first. So what Ralph Lauren did is they had a digital boot that they put on a character in Fortnite. They sold that for 20 US dollars and a lot of players in Fortnite grabbed this digital character and played at it, played as it. And part of that was to build hype and anticipation for a physical boot that the brand was going to launch. And so uh, a month later, the brand drops the physical version. They did a limited drop of 300 boots at 250 US dollars each. And those boots, A, sold out instantly, but also now are reselling on StockX for upwards of $700. And so we're seeing this mega theme in fashion where uh, brands are launching their products as digital first products, building it hype and anticipation, and then dropping the physical version. Walmart is a little different. So they uh, tapped into the user-generated content community inside Roblox and partnered with three creators in Roblox. All are very young creators under the age of 18, and they've all sold about 30 million uh, items inside Roblox uh, combined. And one of the other partners they had there, another creator, he had 300 million visits to his experiences. And so what Roblox or what uh, Walmart is recognizing in Roblox is, hey, we're going to partner up with creators and we're going to create a sales channel for the different items and products that they are creating in these worlds and selling tens of millions of these items to consumers. And so Walmart sees it as a big play uh, for e-commerce in the future. And stepping back, there's a, a new type of consumer out there, the younger generation, the, the Generation Zs, the alphas, the millennials, they act differently than the baby boomers. And while the baby boomers have traditionally been the largest consumer on the planet, brands and you know any retailer are looking for you know how do they define who they are to these other generations and these other generations are, are doing things differently as i said you know they're not going to the mall they're not buying music the way we used to they stream it they stream movies and they spend a lot of their time in these 3d environments and so you know back to the importance as to why you have such big brands such as walmart ralph Ren, nike adidas and you know basically almost every brand in the world participating here is because it's it's really one of the only avenues available to access this new generation. So tell me in cases like these, what is your company's role? Tell us a bit more specifically about how you work with companies to elevate the consumer experience. Yeah, so we provide various services. Uh, essentially, when a brand wants to uh, access this generation, we provide a, a multitude of services, and that could be anything from a virtual store to a branded game. Um, we actually recently did this for a, uh, a mattress company here in Canada. Josh can speak to that in a second. But, you know, really what we do is we provide the consulting advice and then we do the actual design, the build. We design, you know, a potential game in Fortnite. 
We're getting up to speed on the new Apple Vision Pro headset that's coming out uh, in Q1 of next year, so that we'll be a preferred app builder there as well. But Josh, I don't know if you want to provide the, the PolySleep as an example of some of the work we can do. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of players and consumers that play these games in the upwards of hundreds of millions. And for instance, if Roblox was a country, it would be the seventh largest country in the entire world just behind Nigeria. So that is a very large consumer base and brands want to access these consumers. And so typically what brands are coming to us asking is saying, how do we access this generation? How do we do it in a way that's authentic and comes across uh, with an instant connection to those players. And so we really start with, uh, you know, here's a branded game experience based on the popular games that are in these platforms. And where these platforms have turned into is they are no longer just solo games. So Fortnite doesn't exist as, just as a game. Roblox doesn't exist just as a game. They exist now as platforms where other creators can come in, build experiences, including brands. And so that's what we're doing, for instance, with Polysleep, they wanted to access this generation of consumers. They're a mattress company. And where do gamers play video games? Typically in their bedrooms, sitting on their mattress. And so they thought it uh, it was a really good relationship to have uh, with their, their customers in Fortnite. And so we created this really dream world experience. Nothing you would never see in a store or never see on a website. It was a whole new immersive experience. Gamers played and duped it out with each other. And then there was leaderboard and uh, there's a community around it. So that's a great example of how brands are interacting with gamers. That's awesome. And if I hear you correctly, your company's providing a turnkey solution for this. Yes, end to end. From concepting to development to post-launch, uh, we know all the data across how these games are performing. We can see all the trending categories in these platforms. So we understand uh, what gamers want to see more than anyone else. And it's beyond gamers as well. We've done virtual stores. And, you know, we've done some work in the real estate space, for example. We've partnered with KB Home, one of the largest home builders in the U.S. Uh, we replicated three um, homes uh, in the metaverse or 3D environment that are built to scale. And so you, as a potential buyer of those homes, can go in and walk around these homes, which are to scale, and how big is the backyard? How you know where's the garage relative to the front door, the bedrooms to the bathrooms? But even further, we built it in a way where it's customizable. So what that means is you have a selection of different choices, like what kind of countertop do you want? Is it marble? Is it granite? What color backsplash? What about the faucets? What about the floors? What about the the lighting? And so you can go and customize this to scale home save it and then use it as a, a means of talking to a salesperson and actually pricing that out. And so that's, I think, a huge innovation versus what's out there today, where if you're ever buying something that is newly built, you're generally buying it off of a catalog or in some kind of a weird showroom. This allows you to actually visualize and create what the home will look like. That's awesome. I love the fact that you're bringing these different types of examples. Uh, it really does have real world applications. I want to take a step back because Web3 is a term that not everybody knows. Um, so let's just define it for a moment. It's usually defined as a new iteration of internet, something that is not reliant on big tech companies. Uh, it's decentralized. It uses blockchain, token-based economics. Uh, from your name alone, it seems that tokens.com is well-placed to play an important role in this sector. I was wondering if we could take kind of a top-line view here. Tell us about your overall strategy. You know, when we went public, the overall strategy was to provide public market investors with exposure to this area. 
So what we really try to do is, is focus on what I call the low-hanging fruit, which is you know, providing these experiences to various um, investors. But we also hold an inventory of, of crypto, primarily Ethereum, that we stake. Um, we you know, have uh, entered into other areas. But generally speaking, what we want to do in the thesis is, is, is to you know, get into the areas that are growing the fastest and can provide our investors with that exposure. Good define these areas real quick because I think web three is very associated with the uh, tokenization and on the crypto side but it has actually really broad implications just in general for consumer trends on the internet and there's two core categories that I look at it so one for consumers what web three means is that they own items they own land they own digital uh, things that they control inside these games and so their ownership of items is almost being separated away from the platforms themselves so that users can get a, a, a gun in a game or a skin in a game and they can go sell it on a marketplace. And that is a really new experience that a lot of people um, haven't had before. And that hasn't existed in gaming for a very long time and uh, or forever, really. And so some of these skins are selling for $600,000, $400,000 just from certain games. On the platform side, like Roblox and Fortnite, the Web3 means that these worlds are becoming micro economies. So I, I mentioned that Roblox has, you know, uh, the, be the seventh largest country in the world. Well, it has a GDP of about $6 billion. And that, uh, you know, revenue generated is from users transacting with each other, users creating items, users buying items. And so there's this micro economy that is being created. Uh, that is all enabled by this kind of concept of Web3 and this technology. So I, I just wanted to define that for users because I think it's a huge uh, consumer trend and we will see more platforms do this. I want to talk about how the economy between this virtual world interacts, if you will, is interwoven with the economy in the real world. Because take, for example, an NFT of a painting. You buy the NFT and maybe you also receive a physical print. Uh, so I'm wondering when it comes to retail, how do you envision integrating physical merchandise, maybe say like a plush doll with digital NFTs? Yeah, I can jump in real quickly on this one. So there's a really great example of uh, an NFT project called Pudgy Penguins. And you can just look at the NFT project as just IP. Imagine it's just Pokemon, right? One of the most iconic brands, consumer brands of the millennial generation. And so all it is is just, the IP of the uh, collection itself, but what they've done is gone and sold those uh, physical products in Walmart stores. And so they've built up this online community of hundreds of thousands, millions of people know this brand through this collective uh, community that's all owns these items, just like collectibles. And then now they're selling them through sales channels. So that's kind of how the technology is being used. I would also distinguish the fact that that's, part of our business, but that's not core to our business. What we're really trying to do is use these 3D environments to get consumers back to maybe like the 2D website. We, you know, we're focused on helping these companies use e-commerce with their existing things. And so it's beyond NFTs. NFTs is certainly a, um, a characteristic of one of the things that can be done in these environments. But the way we're looking at it is far more broadly, which is if you are a Walmart or anybody and you're like, we want to access this consumer, but we're not trying to sit here and sell them a whole bunch of digital things or digital twins of things. We want to find a way to get them to transact with our existing products. And I think that's where we specialize, which is 
How do you, you know, create e-commerce platforms that get you in front of these consumers and give them the ability to actually transact with you in the real world? I want to ask you another question, though, about NFTs, if I can. Last year, the NFT market saw a huge bull run. At one point, there were nearly a billion dollars worth of NFTs traded every single month. And popular NFT collections like Bored Apes and CryptoPunks, they were selling for millions of dollars. That is clearly not the case today. So I'm wondering, what do you say to skeptics who might argue that NFT's heydays are behind us? Maybe my take. Um, the technology underlying NFTs is actually quite special and amazing. And that is the ability to create a, a digital signature or identity for something that only exists digitally. And that means you can start applying and creating value for things that are not physical. For many people in the traditional world, something needs to have a physical value, like you know, a pen or something in order to create value. Yet the internet, which doesn't physically exist, um, has bred the largest businesses in the world and is probably the largest you know, single product in the world, even though it doesn't physically exist. And so NFT technology, which is a non-fungible token, is really just the assignment of a digital signature to something that can be real or digital. And that's very interesting and very special. The origination of how this was enacted was with these things, these uh, NFTs that created value where people were trading them back and forth. You know, will that come back or not? I don't care, frankly. Uh, I think that the underlying value of this technology is going to be in, in far better things, like assigning digital values to other things that are important to you. Like, for example, you graduate from a college and you need something that verifies you graduate from there, you can have an NFT. Um, you want to, you know, prove things to an insurance company while well, you have your NFTs. You can start assigning this digital signature to various things in life. Fantastic. I'm going to turn now from NFTs to video games. And I want to wind the clock back a bit all the way to 2006 when Burger King launched something called Sneak King. Gamers controlled BKA's mascot as they tried to deliver burgers and complete a series of miniature uh, mini challenges. Now, Josh, you recently published a piece about this on LinkedIn. I got to ask you, were, were you a Sneak King fan back in the day? I was definitely an Xbox fan, and I did see that. Uh, yeah, the game's really cool. Uh, but I think what the major theme that we're tapping into and why I wrote that piece is I wanted everyone to see the historical context of brands in gaming. And I'm not talking about just running ads in games because uh, gamers don't love seeing ads in games they want to to experience something more authentically and that's what burger king tried to do and so if anyone remembers from 2006 you had the xbox console and then burger king sold for three dollars copies of this game alongside the meals that they were selling now of course today we do this digitally we don't sell physical cds anymore but it was a great case study in a brand saying hey there's a large gaming cohort again they're eating food while they're gaming, and we're going to create a gaming experience that really encapsulates our brand. If everyone remembers the Burger King, Burger King King, he has a really kind of uh, interesting char caricature in this game, and all you do is sneak around and feed people. That, that's an interesting point I'd add to. So gamers don't like to see in-game advertising because it takes away from the experience however what the, the service that we're saying is great you can't advertise in the game become the game right you can be your own game we will build you a game to your brand that people can go and play and by virtue of them just playing that that is the defining moment for that consumer instead of you know an ad or a url or something else that's actually distracting 
So you are creating things which is, which are much cooler than an ad. You're creating an experience, something that jives with the brand uh, that really consumers will want to do. Correct. All right. So before we wrap up, I got a question for both of you. What is the top tip, the one thing that you would tell a client when it comes to how brands should approach the, uh, the consumer experience in today's world? Josh, let's start with you. I would just say there's a, a large cohort of uh, consumers here that love these experiences, that love these technologies, and it's important to listen and see what they're uh, interested in. So there's a lot of uh, dollars, about $8 billion that go into gaming advertising, but there's $80 billion that still go to TV-based advertising. So there's this disparity between the investment in legacy media mediums like TV and emerging media mediums like gaming. And we're well positioned to capture the growth in that. Andrew, over to you. I would say that if you want your brand to remain relevant over the course of the next few years, as this younger generation matures, you have to do this. It, you know, not doing something in these environments would be akin to, you know, deciding, you know, 30 years ago that a website was useless. And so what I would caution brands to do is make sure you're doing something or you're going to miss the boat and you'll become irrelevant by the end of the decade. Fantastic advice. Thank you both for taking us on a trip into immersive environments, into the metaverse and beyond. Really interesting to explore these latest developments with you. Andrew, Josh, thank you again. I've been speaking with two wonderful founders from tokens.com. I'm Michael Suado, and you've been watching Global One Media's Stocks to Watch. 